Hello, hello. Hello. All right, is it recording? Yes. What's up, guys? This is Tony, a.k.a. T. Smitty, a.k.a. Full Fat Ranch. And I'm here with a little special episode for you guys to give you a little taste of what you've been missing. Um, over the winter break, I was watching Wonder Woman. And as my close friends might know, I'm one of those people who talks to themselves. And I'm very critical when I'm watching movies. If things don't make sense, I'm going to point it out. And um, this was definitely one of those movies. And I just... I cannot handle it. So I had to stop it several times and just record my thoughts. And I feel strongly about things. And um, so I just had to record it. And I think you guys, if you've watched Wonder Woman, you'll enjoy it too. In addition to that, we have some updates after my little review. Um, exciting news on the podcast. We're finally on Apple um, Podcasts. So what you want to do is we're going to put links to it. It's very hard to find because we're a very small podcast. We're going to put links to it in the bio on our um, podcast Instagram. We need all fans to go to Apple Podcasts to, to subscribe, to review, and like give us five stars at least. Like Little things like that will help us. It will be more searchable. You know, Apple, they really, their algorithm be playing games. I had to search like deep, like names. I couldn't just search Be Wet Podcast. You know, it was a struggle to find the podcast um, if you just search for it. So links will be in the Instagram bio. Thanks for listening. And um, we're going to just launch into the review real quick. Okay, so I'm hating, I'm hating Wonder Woman so far. I'm an hour and 50 minutes into it. And um, the thing that I'm hating the most about it is the fact that, again, just like my same issue with the first Wonder Woman film, they're always diminishing Wonder Woman, the woman, to give Chris Pine something to do in the movie. I don't understand why half the free, the first hour and a half of this movie was basically like watching Love Actually. And then we spend the whole time, you know, watching Wonder Woman fumble around, you know, her powers. She loses her powers in order to give, like, literally, Chris Pine would have no place in this film or in any part of the action if Wonder Woman wasn't diminished. So, second... Do we see this in any... Yes, it's okay for a superhero to have a love interest, but do we see this level of, like, co... You know, co-stardom in any other, you know, film where there's a male lead? No. Mary Jane, in all the other films, what is she doing? She's a secondary. Um, Pepper Potts, she is secondary. She gets five minutes. She's a big love interest. Yes, we understand that. But you know what? She is not um, essential to the plot. She is not... Um, essential to the outcome. She is not uh, fundamental or um, taking a major part in the main character's success. We never see that in any other superhero film. Yet in every Wonder, Will, Will, Wonder, every Wonder Woman film we've seen so far, out of the two, if it wasn't for Chris Pine, you know, somehow beating people up in the background, there's no way Wonder Woman would have done this on her own. And that's BS. I hate it. Second, Okay, Kristen Wiig wished for Wonder Woman's powers, so she began to receive them. I get that. Wonder Woman began losing them because of Kristen Wiig's wish. I get it. However, possessing the powers, does that, that doesn't make all her skills innate as well. I mean, why would Wonder Woman have to train, and why would the other Amazons have to train in Themyscira if they were just born with the ability to, you know, hand-to-hand -hand combat and everything else? Why the hell are we seeing this girl who was a freaking 
um, Smithsonian scientist, a nerd before this, somehow being able to go toe-to-toe with Wonder Woman in hand-to-hand combat. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Third, some of the freaking stunts and... uh, Okay, oh, well, don't even get me started on this. So you're really going to tell me she just walks... Like, literally, this is what happened within five minutes. This is the best explanation for why she has an invisible jet. Chris Pine, who was a pilot in World War One. She walks in with him, just swipes her little card at the Smithsonian Airport, and just walks up to a freaking fighter jet that is unlocked. And this pilot, who his last time flying a plane was like, they were just getting past the biplane, sits down in a modern, you know, fighter jet and knows what to do. They just start, and they're flying to Cairo, Egypt. The fuel range on a, on a um, ship on a fighter jet is not DC to Cairo. I can tell you that much. Where are they fueling this thing? How are they, and why did the start, the takeoff sequence take so damn long? Second, why would a fighter jet be fueled and ready to go at the Smithsonian? And why the hell would Gal Gadot have access to that? And then the whole explanation for her turning it invisible was just, oh, my father hid the mascara. I've been trying to figure it out for the past 50 years. And she just like rubs her hands together and boop. That's the first and only time we're going to see her use that ability. What the hell? That doesn't make any sense. Like, and then they fly the plane to Cairo, land it oh, who knows where. How do they find it again? She talked about it in the, as she was trying to turn the jet invisible, she said she turned a coffee mug invisible and subsequently lost the coffee mug. So how are they finding this invisible jet? Second, they flew it from Cairo back to DC. What? And they, they just landed it in a cornfield? What, beloved? This doesn't make any sense. There's just so many, th- oh my God. And then moving on to the stunts, I mean, they're just terrible. Like, some of them were so freaking bad. Some of the, like, her running sequences, when she's running along the highway, it looks like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She's just, like, making, you know, running motions with her upper body, and then the green screen is just moving behind her. Like, it looks so freaking bad. And then some of the, like, the the lasso usage in this, some of the, like special effects, not good. The plot, boring. You know, it's just like, ooh, this is, um, it's not, it hasn't been. The plot had the elements of a good movie, but it just lacks complexity. It lacks execution. It, um, we don't even know the motivations behind the antagonists. Like, we get that he's just power hungry and he's slowly becoming unwound, but is that it? Like, do we ever get to see the God of Lies or Mischief? I don't know. I mean, hell, there's only another 40 minutes. There's only maybe another 20 minutes left in this film before credits. It's just not good. The first one was better because, I mean, we got more story, but in this one, it's just like no story. No, it's just <laughs> boo-boo. DC cannot make a good film to save their lives.
And also, I mean, are we really going to talk about Chris Pine's freaking highlights? I mean, he looks like a corpse with highlights and these like icy blue. He looks like a white walker with a tan. He looks terrible. Um, his highlights, atrocious. I guess it's the 80s. I, I mean, okay. But, ooh, he needs to stay out the sun. He, I just, ugh, sexy to who? It's just annoying to just watch Chris Pine having to carry Wonder Woman through the streets. Like, this is sexism on film to me. Like, the movie is called Wonder Woman. Why is the man still saving Wonder Woman? He doesn't have, he's completely mortal. No powers whatsoever. He was beating up two or three, the all, all the Secret Service agents, um, everything else. She gets thrown to the ground once and he's carrying her through the streets like some damsel in distress. It's like, can we please overcome this? Like, I want to see Wonder Woman be Wonder Woman. I don't want to see Wonder Woman be saved by Chris Pine in every movie. Also, this nigga is completely bite-sized and, oh my god, I don't know why freaking Mongols had to be going by. This nigga is completely bite-sized. He's way shorter than her and I don't even know how we're supposed to be buying the fact that he is supporting her when as he's trying, she's clearly walking around on her own strength because he's too freaking short to support her in the way that the emotion suggests. Like, I just this movie, I don't know if anyone was like thinking on set or like, I don't, the sexism is leaping out. I hate it. Okay, so fast forward now, we get to the little island where there's this, you know, satellite array that she needs to take down. You know, she has a bunch of gratuitous slow motion walks, like she doesn't have shit to do. And then, um, you know, instead of just taking out the big ass satellite that is present, she lands and starts fighting this cheetah bitch who starts just, you know, you have the ability to lasso bullets out of the air. And you mean to tell me you're, you can't handle this Kristen Wiig in a cat suit. She looks like... Second, we get to, you know, the part where they're fighting. All you know how to do is block, and you're letting this girl... This is the armor of your people. You just told a myth about how all the Amazonians gave up their armor to give, to create this one singular, most highly sought-after defensive piece of, you know, Amazonian technology. And this bitch with long fingernails is tearing it to shreds. What's the point? And then, I mean, we're sitting here just watching fucking Cirque du Soleil all of a sudden. Why in the hell would this girl know how to do any of this? Can she take her little ass down? From, why are we watching Cirque du Soleil? This is what I'm talking about. The sexism. There's no, none of this would be happening if this was Batman. It would just be hand-to-hand -hand combat, straight up fighting. What do we see in Wonder Woman? Live sweeping shots of her swinging around on her lasso. Oh, look at her. She's like gracefully flying through the air while they're both entangling together. And then Kristen Wiig all of a sudden picks up a freaking live electrical wire. And so now they're just swinging battling it out, swinging each other like we're in freak like we're at freaking Vegas.
We're sitting in the showroom at Caesar's Palace right now. One more thing. This freaking lasso, does it just like retract automatically and go back to her side? Because she just be dropping this thing left and right. We never see her like yank it back to her. It's just like there when she needs it at all times. Um, she just fell into some water. Where did the lasso go? You know, I would just like to see for one, in one, just one scene of her yanking the lasso back because we know it's a physical object. So is it just like, I mean, she just be dropping it left and right. So it, at one point it fell out of her hand. She lost her grip and she just fell to the ground and it was just on her belt. Like, what, what? Why is she looking? She can literally fly now. Will you fly your golden ass up to the satellite dish and just kick it? Why in the world are you breaking into the control room to have some final showdown with this man before all the before he makes the world end with all the wishes or whatever? Just you looked right up at the satellite. If your goal is to stop him transmitting through the satellite, fly your ass up there and kick the satellite. There's a big shiny thing in the middle you can kick. Why are we, why, why hasn't that happened yet? Okay, so after being repelled by some invisible force for no apparent reason, her only recourse was to try to convince him using her lasso of truth that she surreptitiously wrapped around his ankle when he wasn't, um, when he didn't notice. She used her lasso to, and then she went on this, um, to launch into a tirade that she transmitted to the rest of the world. A speech that changed everyone's minds in the world at the same moment and got everyone who made wishes to renounce their wishes simultaneously, therefore avoiding the, nucle the impending nuclear winter that was bound to take place as nuclear bombs vanished out of thin air and everyone renounced their wishes at the same, I mean, wow. And everyone now just loves one another and they realize the truth that the world is be a beautiful place. Thank you, Wonder Woman. Oh my goodness. And as now we watch this man who looks like the freaking Crimson Shin, um, somehow in like a bad dye job, somehow come up to Wonder Woman and she's just walking through this little time, this little town square in the winter. No one even remembers that just two days ago or just a day ago, the world was in complete shambles. The entire world in shambles. Who remembers that? Because it's winter and that's what the season's about. This movie is BS, dude. Oh my God, we even got her watching a red balloon fly up into the air. Oh my God, this freaking movie. Oh my God. Yeah, that's it. Um, if you need any more explanation or if you want my thoughts on the movie, that's really about it. Um, I wanted to clarify a few things, you know, in case you didn't haven't seen the movie, so you understand what I'm talking about. The guy, well, the premise of the movie first was like this ancient artifact was discovered, and in order to grant, and it grants you any wish. In order to get your wish granted, it came at a cost of its equivalent. So, for instance, in the movie, Kristen Wiig wished for wished to be Wonder Woman, 
So Wonder Woman lost her powers. Kristen Wiig gained powers. Um, in the movie, Wonder Woman wished for the return of her Chris Pine. In order for him to come back, he assumed the body, I guess, of the man that we're going to call the Crimson Chin. Because that's what he looked like. At the end of the film, you see her walking through the time square, like walking through this little town square. And she runs into that guy again, who is like, I call the Crimson Chin. What made me roll my eyes about this, and again, why I think the movie just sucks overall, and this is kind of lame from this perspective, is like, why in the world would a woman, an Amazon from Themyscira, a warrior society that does not have any men in it, constantly be searching for and pining after a male love interest? Does that make any sense? Amazons have lived on Themyscira for centuries. Nay a man. Dick free. Why now? Why does she, you know, encounter this man in, in the little town square and she's looking at him like he may be the next thing? It's like she literally just went from one love interest to another. And that's what I'm talking about. Like the movie itself is lame as hell for that reason. The reason why Wonder Woman was so bomb and everyone was so excited to see Wonder Woman in the beginning was that her introduction was action-packed. She came in kicking butt in Superman versus Batman. Remember that? She was the only cool part about that entire lame, terrible film. I kind of refused to watch that one and get review. It'd be too long. I'd just be here all evening talking about how bad that movie was. But either way, that's why I loved Wonder Woman personally, right? She came in just kicking butt. And now she's just literally like, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker in Sex and the City just with a cape. That's really about it. And that's kind of what they've reduced her to. And that's kind of annoying. So, um, yeah, don't watch it. Or actually do watch it. No, don't watch it. It's garbage. You heard my review. Got a little laugh. Hopefully that's it. Oh, you thought you were safe? You thought I was going to take my foot off white supremacy's neck? Well, think again, ho. So um, this is a little clip I have for you guys from Sonia Renee Taylor. And she does a great job on Instagram of kind of breaking down concepts and helping us decolonize our minds. And it's important because we need that. A white supremacy is an insidious beast and we need to do our part to exercise it from ourselves and our mindsets. So um, if you feel attacked by this, uh, I don't care. I feel like I maybe have said this before, but I'm going to say it again. I was sitting here watching a chat with Katie Couric and Neil Teichel, or I can't, I don't know who he is, but I believe he's a constitutional uh, lawyer, scholar. Um, and, and the question came up about whether or not, you know, Donald Trump could run in 2024. And, and his proposal was that sure he could run but he would you know he wouldn't get elected to dog catcher and you know like he won't ever win and it just and I had to stop and I had to pause and I had to do this what's up y'all because because white supremacist delusional amnesia 
is gonna get us all killed and i've said this so many times but i just really can't say it enough i'm probably just like i'm i cannot say it enough if you are white whatever you think white people not gonna do they've already done it whatever it is you think white people would never do and i want you to be able to see people to remove your lens of individualism your lens of just like oh humans won't right and i want you to put on your lens of i see whiteness i see the tenants and movements of whiteness i'm starting to see it more clearly while recognizing you ain't never gonna see it clearly because you're a fish in the water you can't you don't know what water is you're just in it right but somebody can be like so look if you get close to the surface you can feel a distinction can't you right if you think something if you are white and you think something's not gonna happen it's probably already happened and you just don't know about it because you don't have to know. It's like, it is like people got amnesia again. And I said this in a video before, right? The white delusion demands amnesia. It demands a forgetting. It's like, it is, you know, like its behaviors are so aberrant that it demands a minimization inside of its own psyche in order to continue to function, right? So notice how the events of last week become softer, hazier, fuzzier, if you're a white person. How they may feel less acute, perhaps, you know? Um, notice the places where you're like, like if you're at home right now thinking like, you know, great, that's over. Um, I'm glad, you know, like, I'm glad we're done. You know, this, on the 20th, Biden will be elected and then we can get back to normal. <laughs> um, or, you know, like, yeah, we'll be done with Trump or we'll be done with the faction of people who stood for Trump. Like, if you think there is any semblance of anything regular anything that your mind already understands about the world and how it operates if you think any of that shit is still true and on the table you are inside of white supremacist delusion white people so refuse to believe the capacity and capability of white people's violence of their of their terroristic behaviors White people underestimate the diabolicalness of whiteness on a regular basis. I just want to tell you, you cannot trust yourself to recognize it. You cannot trust yourself if you are white to fully understand the level of vileness that white supremacist delusion will enact in the world. You can't know it. Because you couldn't know it and maintain any sense of sanity in the world knowing that that is an, a way of operating on a continual basis. The brain has, it's the same way a serial killer, I imagine, has to put some distance between all the people that they kill all the time. <laughs> 
they have to put on some semblance of of whatever they consider normalcy, right? They have to suppress the urge. Otherwise, they would just be killing people all the time, which would make them much more likely to get caught, right? So they have to suppress the instinct sometimes. They have to dull the inclination. This is the nature of white supremacist delusion, right? And it exists on a spectrum, right? On a scale that is, you know, down to your everyday bullshit-ass microaggressions up to the white supremacist, you know, malignant narcissist who 76 million people in the country voted for. And so when people get on television and say, I'm going to tell you, here's your example. I was watching CNN the other day and a CIA official was talking about all of the tactical drills that they have run for scenarios, right? A scenario, like these people have to practice scenarios of things that can happen in the U.S. that they would have to address. And they never, ever ran a practice of what would happen if white people tried to storm the Capitol. <laughs> Now, what I think is hilarious is I am not in the CIA. And I have run practice runs in my own brain about what would happen if the white people... I've been saying for since August that it was highly likely that these white people was going to trip and there would be uprisings and insurgencies and shit would get violent. I said it in August. But because the CIA is steeped in its own white supremacist delusion, it cannot conceive the magnitude of what white supremacist delusion might do should it turn on itself. And it can't imagine white supremacist delusion turning on itself. But that's because it doesn't realize whiteness is a death cult. They would sooner kill everything than to lose. So... Again, inside your own, again, because all this work is just about, you know, individual de-indoctrination. I'm not trying to turn around Trump supporters. Uh, you know, I'm trying to help the people in my community who include white people recognize the places where these indoctrinations live inside of us. And one here is just a, a general test for your own well-being is if you are white, and someone is asking you about the possibility or probability of what other white people might do, just start from the place that you probably don't actually know. You can't conceive the full scale of it. You can't because you're in the water. You can't know the full size of the ocean because you're just in it every day. You know, But people who have been slapped by some waves can tell you <laughs> how hard the waves are on top, right? They can tell you how rough the sea is. You won't know inside of it. It's a great place to trust black and indigenous folks, people of color. They know how rough the water is. They've been, they've been trying to navigate the waves for the entirety 
of their interactions with white supremacist delusion. Whatever you think is going to happen or not going to whatever you think is going to happen or not going to happen, multiply it by 10. That's usually around the rate of what really happens with whiteness. All right. Bye. Hey, so yeah, um, so I know that clip was like 10 minutes long. Uh, sorry, I should have warned you ahead of time. But I hope you found some enjoyment for, uh, from it. I hope you gleaned something from it. Um, I hope you enjoyed the podcast or this little taste we giving you a little. And um, come back next week. We'll have just regular content. Um, we'll be posting that later in the week. Again, follow us on iTunes now. <laughs> Apple Podcasts. <laughs> and yeah, just um, we miss you guys and we'll be coming back with some new content soon. And if you have any questions or if you have any if you want to debate anything or if you disagree with something I'm saying or if I'm being ashy in some way, I feel this is an open forum for communication. So we can talk about it on the podcast and we can grow together as a community of listeners, right? I love that. You guys have a blessed week and um, see you guys later.